Welcome to the Creativity Cafe for the creatively adventurous and the relentlessly curious. We have inspiring conversations with creative women from all over the world. I'm Paige Baldwinando, and I'm a creativity coach who helps people maximize their creative potential. And I'm also a writer. And I'm Jordana Matsuda. I'm an illustrator on my creative journey with Paige helping me along the way. We're both long-term residents of Japan, a country bursting with creative energy that inspires us every day. So go grab a cup of tea and join us in discovering new creative landscapes here on the Creativity Cafe. Hi, Jordana. Hello, Paige. So I'm curious about your experience when you were studying art, like formally studying art okay, in yes. school, mm-hmm. um, which you did for years. And I so, did, yes. <laughs> <laughs> in the U.S., when I was studying visual art, there was very much this emphasis on drawing as a foundational skill. You yes. know, like it was so important and it was almost like until you got past or mastered drawing, it was very difficult to like get into other areas of learning with visual art. Mm. Was that your experience too? Um, like for my, so I did two years diploma and then a three-year degree. Um, definitely university for my degree. The first year there was um, a lot of life drawing. Mm. Um and that was compulsory so that everybody had to participate in that. And I wouldn't say so definitely is an expectation. Like I think depending on the university you go to as well, I think the type of course you study, there is more of an expectation of being able to have those um, fundamental skills. Mm-hmm. Um, which you know you should, yeah, everybody needs to learn to to do that to a level um, I think because my course was so diverse with the medium that we were using wasn't so much emphasis put on it luckily <laughs> for for those of us <laughs> who didn't want to you know pursue that route um, because it was you know design illustration and like computer-based um videos and videos and that type of stuff but um yeah but as an illustrator I myself had expectations I put expectations on myself of what I wanted to do or how I wanted my work to look that's for sure mm-hmm. I think for me it was more of an internal expectation um, right yeah. yeah did you feel intimidated by the classes at all or did they feel exciting to you yeah no I felt really intimidated some of the people there that that their drawings were amazing and yeah. they could make the they could make these pieces of art so quickly <laughs> I was like <laughs> I'm still quite a slow you know slow to make stuff like I'd like to think and consider and then you know do things in my own time and there were people who were just you know doing these beautiful pieces of art so quickly so I felt intimidated by that and mm-hmm. it did take a while for me to not compare myself to other people and not let that be a barrier for me to like start making my own art right that's what comfortable with yeah. yeah yeah it strikes me as I listen to you that like maybe that's part of the skill you're building when you're in school for something like 
illustration or you can draw anything that you yeah. that you want to do creatively or that part of the skill is learning that comparing ourselves to other people is not ultimately all that helpful yeah because by comparing yourself to somebody else does that mean you want to make exactly the same work as them right and if you don't then don't compare yourself to them do you know what I mean mm-hmm. like we all have such different skills and styles that um but like you say you know as a 42 year old woman I know that but as you know an 18 year old yeah. I did not know that <laughs> oh that we could go yes. back in time I know hey. <laughs> yeah. yeah because I think too for my if I could go back in time and talk to myself as a teenager mm. I would say like it really doesn't matter mm. whether you can draw the way that guy over there can draw or the way she can draw or the way you know like you're because I wasn't really interested in drawing, you know, yeah, visually. Yeah. I was more interested in abstraction mm. and things like collage really appealed to me. Um, as a teenager, that was like a big thing that I loved to do. Yeah. Um, I didn't really need to have, you know, excellent drawing skills. Mm. <laughs> but it felt like a barrier to entry. Yeah. Um, which is sad to me now when I think about it I loved making art visual art Mm. I loved it and I did do it you know I did plenty of it um and also yeah there's drawing can be so intimidating for so many people even people who are visual artists themselves yeah which makes you know our conversation with today's guest I think extra interesting because she is a teacher of drawing And among many other things, Um, but she's a teacher of drawing who comes to the, you know, experience of drawing with a very light, gentle, fun touch. Would you say that's fair to say? Yes, yeah, for sure. Um, And she talks about uh, the idea of it all beginning with just a line. Like, isn't that such a big deal, right? It's it's a line. It all begins with a line. And when you, you know, when you make it into that, like, simple sense, you feel like, okay, well, I can do that. Yeah, yeah that, that sounds easy. Do that. yeah, that's doable, completely doable. <laughs> <laughs> Which then leads to the, like, I think it allows us when we lower our expectations that way. And when we bring in a sense of lightness and fun, what happens, I think, for so many of us is that then we can enjoy it again. Yes. You know, it's not this big, scary deal (laughs) that we have to put so much on. Because I think the other thing that happens with drawing in particular is um, when it becomes so representational, you know, the idea that it should be representational, that it Mm. should be a certain type of drawing, then there's like this idea that we can objectively measure whether it's good or not good. Yeah. Yep. Which you know for many of us is just an immediate turnoff <laughs> yes <laughs> having this conversation actually reminds me of um we used to have after our life drawings or whatever we were working on at that time we used to have critiques at the oh, end yeah. of the lesson and I just I completely forgot about that until now mm-hmm. and I'm pretty sure that added to the anxiety of putting yeah. pencil to paper <laughs> oh yeah yeah <laughs> critiques so I did yeah a few art classes yeah. in, in university as well and like that was my least favorite part of it yeah. whereas it's interesting because with writing 
I quite enjoy being critiqued. Oh, that's interesting. I really Why do you like think it. that is? Um, it's fun. You know, it's fun to hear what works for people and what doesn't. And I think for me, it might have to do with the fact that like, for me, writing is, um, it just comes so naturally and I can't not do it. Okay. You know, and, um, but it also doesn't like writing is interesting that way. And that's a whole other conversation. Like, <laughs> <Okay. writing> is, <laughs> but, but my relationship with writing is solid. Okay. That's, I love writing. Mm. Yeah. I love writing and writing loves me, you know? No. So, <laughs> <laughs> so like when somebody gives me feedback, especially when it's like, you know, um, kind feedback or I don't mean kind as in positive I mean feedback that's rooted in a place of like wanting to see the writing succeed yeah. right when I get feedback there I feel like grateful mm. you know that there's something that I couldn't see that somebody else could see yes. that they can help me make it better you know and especially when I really care about a piece of writing it feels like I'm just so appreciative. You know, it's like if I were cooking in the kitchen and you came in and you were like, hey, Paige, how's it going? And I was like, well, taste this, right? And you said, oh, it needs more salt. I would feel glad yeah. that you told me it needs more salt. <laughs> you know, thank yes. you. <laughs> That's how I feel about it. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I think it does take time to get to that point, doesn't it? Like, I think at university it took me a long time to get to that point. Yeah. My lack of confidence, I think, in what I was doing. Well, yeah. and there really is so much about the school environment. And I think this is a theme we come back to again and again for a reason. <laughs> that, yeah. like, <laughs> that school and creativity, there's an interesting impact that school can have on mm. creativity for so many people. The way we're educated Um can create this feeling of like, well, I have to do it right. Yes. I have to do it right. Yeah. Or I shouldn't do it at all. Or I should hide. Or somebody says something like a teacher says something or a peer says something that's damaging. Mm. And when we're so young and the part of ourself we're expressing is so tender and beautiful and, and raw, yeah. you know, it can really hurt and it can stay with us for so long. So that's something that I think today's guest, Divya Marie Kato, does so well in terms of like just bringing in this re-engagement, right? Like with something that is meant to be fun, that can be fun, that, you know, we may have pulled ourselves away from, but is ultimately something that is so human to want to yeah. make marks. Yes. You know? The, yeah, the way she talks about art and her her. Not only her art, but her students' art. And um, she has so much passion behind it that, you know, I'm sure her students are so inspired mm -hmm. when they listen to her, um, you know, talk about whatever subject she's talking about. Yeah. Totally. It's very yeah. easy to be inspired by Divya. Yes. yes. <laughs> she has so much energy. I love she it. She does. <laughs> yeah. So let's have a listen to our conversation with Divya. Divya Kato is a British Indian artist and educator who has been working in Japan for over 17 years and drawing since receiving her first pack of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle crayons. From an art scholarship to the Royal Masonic School to a fine art degree that led her to Tokyo where she set up her own atelier and drawing school, art has been the golden thread running through her life. 
Divya's work in art education spans preschools to universities, corporations to cross-cultural co collaborations, such as the Big Draw Japan. Her work as an artist exists in collections both in Japan and abroad. She draws inspiration from the Reggio Emilia approach to childhood education and the key principles of teachers as learners, the hundred languages of children, the classroom as a third teacher, and involving the local community. Divya loves large-scale collaborative art projects. Creating North Peak's first mural was the highlight of her summer, and she hopes it'll be the first of many. During the pandemic, she also became a mother of two to Ollie and Georgie, arguably her best creations to date. Welcome, Divya. Hi. Hello. 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 And welcome, Georgie, who's also with us, yes, right? Yes. <laughs> she may well make a little appearance. We uh, would love to hear her. How old is she now? She is now four months coming oh, up. Four months. Oh, <laughs> she's precious. <laughs> yeah, she so loved, precious. She loved the uh, she loved the music event we all went to. That's for sure. Babies love music. Yes, <laughs> they, do. they do. And she's smiling so much more. Oh. So we can see, you know, she oh she she really smiles whenever there's music or someone singing to her or. Daddy's playing the guitar. She she lights up, which is very cute. Oh, there's nothing like baby smiles. <laughs> I know. You see that one smile, and you want to try and make them smile again and again yes. and again, hey? Yeah. <laughs> and you'll do anything. You'll do anything. You'll pull yes. whatever face you have to. You'll make whatever noise. Um, yeah, yeah. I think yeah, that's their gift, isn't it? Yep. It really it, is. Yeah, they can make us act like fools sometimes. <laughs> all for that. All for that smile. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well it's lovely to have you here so our first question we ask all our guests is what is your first memory of doing something creative yes well I was thinking about this and I think although the Teenage Mutant Hero Turtle crayons that was the first <laughs> sort of art set I ever remember receiving and I, I still remember it to this day because of the size of it and how many different colors there were. There were sort of colors in between, you know, the blues and the greens. Um, but I used that for my geography homework where, you know, we had to draw, you know, that sort of cross section of a volcano. And oh, yes. the lava is coming up. And I would spend more time on the drawing than actually, you know, annotating it and writing, you know, what the volcano. So this kind of geography book became this sort of art, you know, and everyone was always, you know, excited about it in geography class. <laughs> Did you spend so long on this? You know, I go right to the edges of the page and it became, but that was actually one of my first memories of sort of, you know, taking it much further than it needed to be <laughs> needed, <laughs> you know, um, uh, you know, my geography teacher, anyway, she found it very funny. Um, but those crayons and that that homework is 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 my first memory, I think. It sounds like you were excited, like to keep going and do whatever you could with that. Yes, volcano. I mean, I wish I could remember the phase, you know, that my son is now in where you know, you can never make those sort of marks again, never. You know, when they first pick up the pencil or crayon or pen and they start to make these marks, you know, the first sort of stage of mark making, that I can't remember and I wish I could, um, but that, that I don't remember. But, you know, 
I, I do really remember looking at diagrams and wanting to translate them with my own hand and, you know, bring my own colors in. And the geography thing was the first thing I can remember. I, I was really thinking back. You made me think, you know, as far as I could go. But um, yeah, those crayons are a very vivid memory. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. There's something about color that really sticks in the memory, right? Like you're describing the different variations of color and that's kind of a discovery for us when we're small, Mm. how many colors there are and how we can, you know, find them in different hues all over the place. Like it's quite fascinating to a young mind, I think. Oh gosh, it really is. And that's the thing, you know, it's not only with drawing, but with, with painting, with well, any medium, you know, where you're where you're learning about color. So there's this uh, movement, um, post-war movement called gutai in Japanese art, where this group of artists try to it's literally break through um, and find a new form of of expression. And one of these artists was called Shiraga Kazuo Shiraga, and he painted. You might have seen these these photos of him where. You know, there's a rope hanging from the ceiling and he would hold on to it and paint with his feet. And so mm. you get these sort of accidental mixes of color where these, you know, bits just blend in. And sometimes those accidents, um, that sort of random movement, you could, you could think of Pollock in the same mm. way, create these tones and variations that you wouldn't normally get, you know, mm. if you were doing it deliberately. Um, so color, yes, I think is endlessly fascinating, uh, you know, so many things deliberately, but also, um, by mistake. Absolutely. Mm. Yes, that's exactly right. We just fumble and stumble into these really interesting things when we're willing to play yes. that way. Yep. Yes. Yeah. So will you tell us a little more Divya about your path towards where you are today as an artist? Oh yes, of course. So I think, uh, as I mentioned, you know, in school and probably earlier, I started like many of us do, you know, playing with crayons, playing with color, playing with bits of paper, papier-mâché. But it was actually when personally things started to to happen in my life that I I sort of began piecing together what art really meant um, for me. Um, So... Unfortunately, yeah, my parents separated when I was younger and it sort of set off a spiral of of events, which which meant that we sort of went from a very comfortable life to. um, Well, we we went bankrupt because he 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 left for a while. And so all those previous certainties sort of fell away and we had to all start from scratch. And um, the beginnings of this, I, I think I must have been a about nine or 10 and all those sort of formative years until at least then GCSEs, um, shifting schools, our house was repossessed, but all through that time I continued drawing and I think I sort of, I started to cling on to it, you know, mm. a bit more. I was actually a bit more conscious of, I, I, it was something that I really needed to do. Uh, and I had sort of lost my direction with other things so I think it was really during that time, especially the teenage years, um, I was drawing, yeah, voraciously. I just, I, I just wouldn't stop drawing. Um, mm. I liked it. It sort of comforted me. Mm. Um, 
and probably you know as a, as a direct result of me doing it so often my skills had improved a lot as well so that then led you know the art teacher to notice what I was doing and pay attention and encourage me more and then it set off all of these other things in motion so I, I think um that was when it really started I think and then with with the art teacher's encouragement you know I, I did get this scholarship and then I thought wow okay so this means I can really do something with this you know that, that this is actually giving me uh, a path as you say this is actually telling me okay Divya maybe you should go down this route and um, I loved my A-levels um, I went on to study art at university um, that was wonderful that was also really difficult too because it was much more experimental and I had to broaden my understanding of art and you know you go from the small pond into this big you know pool and there were you know there's all this different art to look at but uh, and to think about but it was a wonderful experience for me and then following that I thought I would, because a friend had come to Japan with the JET program, I thought, okay, that would be really interesting. And I remember seeing calligraphy in one of our lectures, Japanese calligraphy, and I thought that would be wonderful to learn. Okay, so I'll come here for a year. I'll study some of the traditional arts. I'll experience what it's like, and then I'll come back. And uh, <laughs> 17 years old, and I'm still here. It's a more common story than people outside Japan know. Yeah. Well, <laughs> oh, three of us yeah. here have the same story. So. That's right. <laughs> Actually, I don't know how long both of you have been here. For me, it'll be 20 years Whoa. very soon in the next few months. Yep. You're my senpai. Just but slightly, slightly. <laughs> yeah, I'm, oh my God. So I'm, oh my God. If you're 20, that means I'm 19. That's age. right yeah oh yes okay so we're all long-term residents yeah yeah long-termers yeah. and married to japanese people mm. <laughs> yes oh yes and had children that's yep. right yeah it's an adventure it really is and would you say divya i'm curious would you mm. say that you know making your life here in this long-term way has impacted your like creative journey in a deep way Oh, yes, because so not only in terms of the skills, knowledge and creativity, you know, those those that 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 tripod of art. But I think, you know, I, I came here, you know, very much bright eyed and bushy tailed and wanting to engage in, 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 in Japanese traditional art. And it was so different from what I had trained in, which was very sort of the classical um fine arts a drawing painting printmaking and then I came here and it was totally different medium as well so learning about Japanese ink sumier learning how to mix the powders and the glues um, it was different medium it was different influence as well I wasn't just learning how to draw what I could see I was learning how to so the dragon dragons for example um, I found it fascinating that these Japanese master painters 
Um, dragons are all to do with water. So they used to, they, they sat and observed, you know, waterfalls and, and water in rivers. And one artist was inspired by a typhoon and they mm. saw forms in water, which of course you have to be skilled at observing that in the first place so that yes. there is that traditional skill, but then you see the form and then you translate that, it comes out as, as a dragon form. So, um, you know, not like the Chinese dragon, which has a very sort of snake-like appearance. The Japanese dragons are sort of more intertwined with, with natural forms. And mm -hmm. so um, I found that really interesting that, you know, you draw what you see, you, you find the form in it, and then the, the dragon emerges out of that. So I've grown a lot. I think I've, I'm still, I'm still, there's so much to learn. Um, but uh, of course, yes, I, I've grown as an artist, I've grown as a person, and um, there are aspects of me which, which <laughs> undeniably are Japanese now. Mm. When I go back and I go to the supermarket, I'm bowing at people, I'm saying sumimasen, and I'm saying, you know, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's, you know, it, 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 it does grow on you, Divya. Do you ever, when you're in the UK, do you ever give them, um, give them your two P's thinking it's a 10p? Oh yeah, <laughs> I've done that so many times, and they look at me yes. like, what, "Yes, what are you doing?" <laughs> yes, I do, I do. I get mixed up, and I, I mean, and also I'm still, you know, every time I'm shocked because when I left, it was only one pound to take the bus somewhere, and um, oh, you, know, you yeah. could buy a round of drinks with um, a tenner, and uh, so you know, I, I'm, I'm constantly <laughs> surprising myself by things, you know. When... I, I f yeah, I feel like an old woman. I'm like, how much? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> A couple of decades is a long time it <laughs> to is, be away. It is. It is. It We've is. got that Rip Van Winkle thing happening. Do you guys know that? <laughs> is that an American thing? I think. I think it might be that Rip Van Winkle story. Do you know that story? I no. don't know. I don't know. Oh, it's like an Amer. It's a folk tale. I think an American folk tale um, about a man who falls asleep under a tree and wakes up twenty years later. Oh. And everything is like confusing, you know, and. Yeah. <laughs> Very often that is how it is to go home, even mm. though we've been going home in little sips yes. here and there, right? A little sip is a little sip. A little, <laughs> yep. It's really funny, you know, I, I'm, and people must ask you as they ask me quite often, what, where is home? And of yeah. course, home is, home is here. But when you land, you know, in Heathrow as well, I feel, oh, I'm home. I'm home. Yeah. yeah. It's both. It's, it's both. both. Yes, yes. There are times when other Americans will say to me, oh, you're not American anymore. And I just, it makes me just flaming mad. Uh, <laughs> I'm so angry. Uh, 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 <laughs> of course I'm American. You know, that's crazy to me that you would think I'm not. Mm -hmm. Of course I am. And also, I am also, you know, I have been indelibly, you know, marked, changed by my time here, by, you know, the Japanese-ness of my life and my experience and I am not and will never be Japanese, but, you know, having lived in this context for two decades of my life, there's no way that it doesn't become part of you, right? Yeah, it is. For sure. And there are some who, you know, it, it doesn't suit. I mean, I'm working with some uh, teachers who've, who've recently arrived um, in Japan and I'm 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 listening to their observations and their experiences so far. And of course, when I came here, I was I was their age. I was I was really young as well. I was in my twenties, and 
you know, and that's one of the comments, you know, they make is I, I'll never be Japanese. And I, you know, I think it might be time to, to, to go. So I think there is that point where you decide or you feel, yeah. you know, I'm, I, I, you know, this is the country, you know, I, I want to spend the rest of my life um, in or, you know, you, yeah, so it doesn't suit. It's not for everybody. But um, yeah, for yeah. us, uh, well, I can't speak for you, but I, I'm sure there's some some part of us which will you know yeah always always connect very deeply to here and 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 connect um with home yeah, home here and here in a way home in yeah. a way home, yeah. home in a way it's both it's both <laughs> and i think also raising children in both cultures does help to embrace that bothness mm. in a way that mm. I think might be different. I, I can't know what it would be like had I not had children because I did. But mm. had I not had children, I wonder if it might be more challenging for me or to put it another way, if raising children here has just made it a little easier for me because I see their bothness so clearly. Uh, mm. Yes, Th that's you know. true. And, you know, it is, it does, it does help you connect on a different level, doesn't it? Because you connect with mummies and daddies and you connect with, you know, because people approach you more, you know, they, they mm. can, you know, make faces at your baby or they, they talk to you <laughs> on the train or they, you know, they, they, there are more of those little exchanges. Um, I mean, the exchanges happened even before I had, but I think there are more. Now I have children, I find there are more people, you know, coming with, you know origami pieces to give to my son and, you know they're just these you know these these really sweet little things um, so yeah yeah that's right and it's interesting because that's a temporary thing you know now my children are 14 and almost 13 and and we don't have that little um the window anymore you know yeah. people don't approach to speak to them or say how cute they are or anything no. like that no so. they don't <laughs> yeah i know like and then they they and it, it's all happening I'm, I'm i'm sure you know it's all happening so quickly as well so yes. so quickly and um yeah and one day you know we were talking about that just this lunchtime because tomorrow is our yeah 10 year anniversary and mm. we, we were just thinking, my gosh, where did that decade go? You know, and then yeah. suddenly two children here and, you know, next. It's, yeah, it's amazing. And they're their own creative project. Raising children is its own creative project that <gasps> I feel like we could probably talk for an hour about that alone. It's yes. really. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's, it's just and I say arguably, arguably my, my best creations to date, because they really I mean, if you what. <laughs> They make you, they, they, they force you to basically do your best every second, mm -hmm. every mm -hmm. day. You know, you can't, you can't, well, you can and we do, you know, uh, and, you know, it's going to happen. But they've, you know, made me so much better than, you know, than, than I, you know, every now and then you slip or you want to take some time off or you, but you can't with children. Yeah. Yes, yeah. So, that's right yeah it really asks the best of us uh, yeah. and and sometimes it really I think also puts us in close contact with the truth of who we are in terms mm. of where our capabilities end mm. you know mm. and we just have to be willing to surrender and ask for help or mm. you know do 
other things that we would have thought, you know, I can push through, I can push through, I can push through at a certain point, (laughs) we, it ends what we're capable of, you know, and we need to have that, uh, that moment of, yeah, surrender and humility and grace, Mm. you know, and that can be, yeah, it's a humbling experience. At least it was for me, a humbling experience to notice my edges that yes. way. Oh, humility. Yes. yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. humility. Yes. Because parenting, I was an excellent parent before I ever had to do it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I, I know. Really, oh, I was a really you good mom. Me about being a teacher before being a teacher, <laughs> parent and then oh. a teacher after, you know, and I mean, somebody just said it to me literally last week. Um, she said, I'm not sure if she knew I, I was a parent or not, but we, we were in the staff room and, you know, someone said to me uh, about a particular student, you know, oh, it's about parenting and um, it's all down to the parenting. And it just made me, it just made me go sort of wobbly inside. Mm. Oh, no. And you just want to protect the parents. You yes. Know? Yeah. <laughs> How difficult it is. But then, you know, yeah. I was looking at her and I, I was thinking, okay, maybe I would have said the same thing because, you know, 20 years younger than me and you know I I, I, you know it so it's the humility and you you know you don't your back doesn't get raised as you know as Mm. as as quickly or as easily as before I think your capacity for sort of understanding things becomes much much greater so things don't things still upset you but it you know I think there's so much uh you can hold more. I've, well, I feel like I can. I can hold more. Yeah. Um, and uh, but definitely, you know where your edges are. You feel humility, and um, you feel such a kinship with other parents. Yeah. And um, somebody said this to me the other day as well. You know, it's a club, <laughs> and you yeah. know, someone <laughs> is having that yeah, yeah, yucky moment, and you know, having a complete meltdown on the train just giving a smile to that parent or just mm. giving a thumbs up, you know, I'm in the club, I've been there, I know what it's like, you know, gambate, yeah. it will, it will, you know, it makes such a difference if someone just gives you a smile. Yes. Um, so. It really does. Yeah. And I think the other one thing that I find so interesting about parenting is how it sharpened my observational skills, mm. you know, like looking at things the way my children would look at them with a kind of curiosity and depth. And you kind of, you brought this up earlier with them um, talking about the dragons and like being able to see those shapes, right. In the, mm. and, and observe them and bring them into your drawing. And I kind of want to touch back on that. If, if you don't mind, like back to the drawing because I'm of dragons, because I'm really interested in your relationship with them and like, what the significance of, of dragons is for you, because I know they also featured in a, this beautiful commissioned piece that you did that hangs in the ANA Intercontinental Hotel in Tokyo. So would you tell us more about that, about your relationship with dragons and how that came to be? Yes, yes. So the beginning was <clears throat> I moved to a place called Nikko, World Heritage Site, and I'm sure you've both been. Um, and... I moved there and I lived there for about two and a half years. And whilst I was there, it was because there was a wood carving center and I, um, Nico Bori wood carving, they use a very different kind of carving tool where you sort of carve inwards towards you as opposed to pushing out like a lino Mm -hmm. cutter. And um, 
anyway, I was volunteering at this lodge and I was um, showing tourists around the area and I was teaching up there. And I was also learning at this wood carving center. And um, they had a very traditional method, um, this, this wood carving teacher. And, you know, you start with flowers, local flowers of the area, and then you'd move on to different different things and I remember one day when we were packing away I would always be there helping to clean up the shavings and things when people went home and um, the teacher asked sort of observed that I wasn't particularly interested <laughs> in carving these flowers and he said hmm, maybe you don't really like these flowers drawing these flowers and he said oh what are you interested in and I started to show him some of the sketches in my uh, sketchbook of the, the dragons in Nico because there are so many. Uh, mm. There's a, you know dragon waterfalls. There are all these dragon carvings on the on the shrines and and I said I'm just so interested in them because they're they're different and um, they're sort of these mythical magical things. There's a dragon painter on the old high street in Nico and I, I just it, it just you know I was I was so interested in it. And then he disappeared for a while and he came back with this large piece of wood um, with this piece of material over it. And uh, he smiled at me, took away this piece of material and all carved into this wood was this Formula One racing car. And wow, said, that was unexpected. And it was this really, didn't see really, that coming. <laughs> it's, neither did I. And I was just I was I was just laughing. And I said, what? What is it? It was such an expensive piece of wood. And he said, well. I'll let you in on a secret. I'm not that interested in carving flowers either. And he said, you know, basically, you know, then he said, you know, follow your interest and, you know, keep up your skills, but you should keep following your interest. And he gave me some tips about where to go and study dragons more and different dragons I could see. And that's where it's, it started. And wow. it never, and I think they're sort of powerful, they're, 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 they're hopeful, um, they're sort of revered. Um, I've met, you know, many people say that they're cool, you know, even, you know, young people and older people. And they're this mythical beast that's just, you know. So it started like that. And then I just kept drawing them and drawing them and drawing them. And then I started to learn more about how Japanese artists found these dragons in nature then I started to do it that way so I'd sketch clouds and I'd sketch moving water and I'd try to look for the forms in that and slowly slowly how did it happen I had all these different sort of smaller commissions um there was one dragon you know in 2011 after the earthquake and tsunami um which was such a such a difficult time for 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 it's difficult to talk about it's such a difficult time but it was such a shock and everyone was trying to do what they could afterwards and the um bccj the british chamber of commerce japan they had this back to business initiative and uh laurie henderson who was the director um she took us up to Onagawa to this fishing village and we did on this fishing containers they were giving these fishing containers so people could restart business and we painted on one of those as a volunteering project and there was a dragon on there and I collaborated with a local local artist and we were painting that together 
it was just it was such a hopeful thing you know mm. it's such a hopeful hopeful thing um and you know symbolizing luck and prosperity and in so many countries you know all over the world actually not just japan um and that's never really left me never left me and then th this uh, opportunity many years after that um i think it was 2018 that commission um because i'd painted so many of them this this commission came up and they said you know they'd like dragons for the, for this restaurant and uh, would you would you be interested in doing that um so that's how that came up but they they've always been Mm. very close to my heart I think because they're so hopeful I think that they're, they're just mm. they're powerful too mm. yeah powerful like, yeah when I think of them that's that's a word that comes to me is a, like the way they they're mystical right but we still feel the power of them in this way that almost feels archetypal or, or deep mm. in the human psyche. Mm. Are they all over the world? That's such yeah. an interesting, like what other mythical creature is everywhere? There aren't that many. Yes. That are, you know? That's true, isn't it? <laughs> mm. There aren't, there aren't. You know, something that's really, you know, found in so many countries around the world. And it's, uh, you know, and I think it connects to so many childhood memories as well. I'm I'm such a, you know, 80s, 90s kid, and the, you know, the never-ending story. Yes, that is still. <laughs> I still remember watching that with my sister, and you know, Falcor the dragon, and you know, it's just all about imagination, and it's all about you know, it just connects, um, connects the dots. <laughs> it is like they're kind of like a gateway to to the other side of your imagination dragons have that feeling of connecting you to that that energy <laughs> oh yeah yeah and I never know you know you never know when this when the commission comes up I, I I can't I I don't have the dragon in my mind that there's no dragon there you know and that, you know so one private commission I did um this 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 gentleman had actually asked you know he wanted this huge dragon for his living room and he he said this is this is me i'm the dragon oh, and wow. you know this is for you know i i set all these goals for myself and i um he was a very interesting person for from uh, okinawa from the small 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 village fishing village and um you know one of it he, he wanted to be a millionaire before he was 30 he did that he wanted to like he was he was really very very ambitious person and you know he said it's you know it's got to sh show the power and you know it's it's got to you know i want this dragon to bring me luck and I, there were so many drafts i made which were not right and not right and not right and finally we went on this trip on this road trip um and I think it was in a forest and there was a mountain and I was making all these sketches. And when we came back from that trip, that was the dragon he, he, he wanted. He said, that's it. That's the one. That's the one. So oh. I think it's also the excitement of it's the challenge of not knowing yeah. what form it is and finding it. You really have to go out and, and, and find it. Mm. Um, yeah. <laughs> so Divya, in your drawing classes, you 
like you often you say like it all starts with a line so what is the power of a drawing um sorry I'm going to start that again <laughs> okay. with that. Um, so in your drawing classes you say that it, it all starts with a line what is the power of drawing that we can all tap into and why does it matter that we try mm. so I often think of children think of art as something fun I think largely the vast majority they hear the word art and they think fun okay that's fun this is our time to you know break free but art can also be a sort of mighty booming sort of a word you know the whole canon of of art uh, and it can it can sometimes i've seen people are scared to talk about works of art because they might say the wrong thing or they might you know but it all starts with a line, even those great pieces of work. It started with nothing. And um, it starts with a line because in my drawing classes, the very first class, um, I show one of my favorite art history books, which, which is called uh, Mirror of the World by Julian Bell. And at the beginning of that, of course, are the cave paintings at the, at the start of the book. And I tell all the students, you know, think of art as a story. This is the beginning of the story. And then I flip to the end of the book and close the book. And I say, okay, well, you're here, right? You're continuing the rest of this, this story. And if in the beginning it starts with just a line or an, you know, an, an, an engraving on, on a piece of stone, um, and we don't know for sure, you, we, we don't, know exactly why our ancestors were making this, but it was very important to them because obviously there was no light, there was no art shop to buy materials from. Um, it was, you know, you're crouched in these little um, hard to reach, you know, in these tunnels and you're, you're sort of painting in these really hard to reach areas. So it was something really, really intrinsic and really, really important. And so that's where it all starts with the line comes from, is at least, you know, start somewhere. Um, just as Annie would say, you know, start with a note or start with a beat um, and, and, and watch, watch it grow. But I think the power of drawing is it's accessible to everybody. It's not expensive or it's maybe the least expensive. You know, you could anything. You just need a pencil or a pen or you need... Um, some condensation of the glass of, you know, on a mm -hmm. cold day, um, or you, you need your stick and some, some dirt. It's one of the most basic things, you know, I, I think it's a language in, in, in and of itself, you know, like humming a tune. I think it's just a wonderful form of expression and the power of drawing, I think it has this ability to sort of connect the it go you know the mind the heart the hand it's all connecting as you're you know it's going through your arm through your fingers, um, and the power to see as well later on in life when you okay if you're looking at observational drawing, rather than just take the photo you know to be in that place you know, and to have the sketch of that moment, you're observing everything in such detail. So that power to sort of see and to see differently, um, that's also the power of drawing. So it matters that we try 
because I feel so many people who come for classes they used to do it they say they used to draw when they were younger and they loved it and they stopped it and um you know so i think one of the reasons is it's 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 a wonderful thing it's a relaxing thing to do it's a visual sort of diary um it's it's with you all the time you don't need a lot of materials and it makes you feel good um you can release stress um and to, I think it matters that we try because it's not about making great art. I always say this. It, it, it's not about making, you know, masterpieces. It's about sort of connecting, having that small time for reflection, connecting with yourself, connecting with your surroundings, and in turn with your sort of place in the bigger picture. When you're, you know, if you're drawing a leaf in a park, you can just be so absorbed by that little leaf and looking at the little veins in that leaf and connecting that with, you know, the season or mm. the veins in your own hand or, you know, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's limitless. But mm. I think that's the power of drawing. And I think that's why it matters that we try. I, 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 I hope and I wish there are so many people now who are championing, you know, for getting drawing back in schools. Um, and there are many people who've never been taught how to draw you know um I think that's sad <laughs> yeah do you do do you think drawing there is less drawing in schools these days oh yes yeah oh yes 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 I, I think there is and uh for example even even life drawing mm. we did life drawing at school but I'm not sure how many schools still do life drawing and yes we giggled and yes it was you know <laughs> It was funny, and and no, it doesn't have to be the nude all the time. Yeah. You be drawing a, but I think at least being given that experience, you know, school. You know, I think the whole point of school is you're given the sort of the buffet of yes. skills, right? You yes. try everything, and then you pick and choose, you know, what you might like to do. At least being given the opportunity to learn the language of drawing. Um, I think it's important, you know, there are so many, everything that we touch and we see, the buildings that we, we, we live in or that we go to school in or we see, you know, that the, the clothes that we wear, the cars that we drive, everything has been designed, you know, everything has been, it's that fundamental, it's yeah, that, yeah, yeah. you know, um, so for everyone to at least know just as we learn history and maths and, you know, how other things work, you know, learning how to, how to draw, I think is very important. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. So I know like in Japan, it's, you know, there isn't as much as I would like to see, but in the UK, I don't really know what like, the kind of art curriculums and that sort of stuff are like these days. When I was growing up, probably around the same time as you, there was, I had so much choice of what I, of what I wanted to do. So it's yeah. so sad to think that kids these days don't have that. It really is. It, it is. The curriculum in the UK is quite broad. Mm. Um, and I think that's, that's wonderful because it does encompass. So, of course, drawing, painting, sculpture, 3D collage, all of that's embedded in the UK curriculum. To a large extent, I mean, it is here in Japan as well. But I think the um certainly the schools i've experienced in japan it's more here's the it's 
This sounds awful, but it's more kind of Blue Peter style. Here is the finished thing. Yes. And now we're going to do it in step by step. And it's sort of, it should look like this. It, yes. it, everyone should look like this. So it's, and um, I think that's what I've taught in universities as well. And I think, you know, some, most of the students who do study art at university, they go to a sort of um, a juku or a preparation art school to build up their portfolio in order to enter university as mm. opposed to that portfolio being built from school yeah you mm. know um so that that i think is one of the main differences you know i think uh and the school you know that i'm working in now i'm i'm really lucky but that that school values you need you need a school that values art and that mm. values you know then You'll get the resources and support that you need. Um, you can look at the curriculum together. And um, yeah, so most of it is that. And it does obviously come down to the, the question that most people, you know, what is art for? You know, mm. what is art for you? You know, when you leave school, <laughs> where are you, you know, yes. you know all, all these parents, you know, sort of. So, so you have to manage expectations and you have to, make the case you have to build the case for why art is important and uh you know and i think that in you know it has a big big effect on you know being able to teach drawing in schools being able to have all of these 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 skills yeah mm. it's so interesting that you bring that up that you know we have to make the case for art because as you said and I often say this too, like anything we have, every single object in the room that you're in right now was designed and created by people whose job it was to do that or yep. who made it for fun. Like maybe you have some handmade things there too. That, <laughs> how is it not important? In what mm. universe mm. <laughs> can we say that mm. this is not important, right? It's, mm -hmm. it's really fascinating that the the lens we have on the world doesn't include that element of it yet I think we mm -hmm. of course we can make it that way mm -hmm. um but yeah when when we don't even generally think about that that like it was someone's job to design the tube for the lotion that you're using for your hands or mm. Mm. <laughs> and for me when I was writing textbooks this was part of what I, I was a curriculum designer and developer and until I had done that I didn't really realize how much everything was designed every piece of everything that went into a student's experience of just like receiving the books that they got and mm. the flashcards and the CDs, which back in those days, we used CDs, right? Like, mm -hmm. all of that was designed. All of that was created by people whose jobs it was to create. And that was a lot of people, mm. you know, and I don't know, I just find it really interesting that we don't have that um, awareness on the whole, as a, as a society, how many creators we need just to make the things that make our lives go. Mm, and that the, mm, yes, making the case for art for, 
for us as society as to design and to, to, you know, we don't know all the jobs in the future that are coming up, but we do know that we need creative thinkers and problems. I mean, all of this has been said, you know, all of this yeah. is, people have been making the case for this, but um, I think it also has to be said that this is about, you know, people talk about holistic development, developing the whole child, developing the whole person. And I think the arts are really there for, you know, those inner resources, you know, that, yes. that back you up when, you know, when things are tough, you know, mm. you need, you you do, I think that's what the arts are for. I, mm. I, really do. I think, you know, that form of expression and self-expression and being able to carve out time for yourself where there are things that you can do to, you know, so many people say, oh, okay, these drawing does make me feel better. You know, I have this time for myself to just sit and observe and just sit and really enjoy painting or really enjoy, um, you know, I, I think those inner resources, I think that's why it's so important. Yes. You don't, you don't feel alone. You don't feel at a loss. Yes. That, that's mm -hmm. maybe it. You don't feel at a loss. You know, I think school equips you with many things to, 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 to you know, it, it builds character. It's social. You build relationships. Um, you gain knowledge. You gain skills. But that um, that resilience, that sort of that core of who you are, when you're at a loss, um, or when you have to pull out that extra something. Now, how do you develop that part? Where does yeah, that part yeah. come from? Um, experience is one thing, but uh, I think the arts are there to really bolster that. I think mm -hmm. they, they, they really help to bolster that, that whole, uh, the foundation, you know, it gives yes. you a good foundation. Um, yeah, yeah. Oh, it's so I I can talk about this. For <laughs> <laughs> you know, well, it, it, about curriculum building now, as it happens. So I'm 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 very much on this sort of you know what should be included. What's, yeah. what's essential? Yeah, yeah. Well, it really is, as you say, so intrinsically human. You know, beyond what we contribute to the capitalist system, right? <laughs> it yes. is. It is so intrinsically human, and it is to me um, one of the few things that. You know, when we're looking for something, as you're saying, like to, to bolster us, to, to soothe us, mm. it's one of the few things that can do that so reliably, you know, when mm. we really go to it in a way that's not um, expectation laden, you know, where we're not like really goal oriented as mm. much as we are experience oriented. Mm. There's nothing to me anyway, more healing than that mm, and mm. I think it, for many people it is a balm it's a healing balm mm. and we don't feel more ourselves than when we are tapped in to that part of our humanity mm. and that's that's the you know there's so many stories like this you know there's a um, there's a there's a radio program called the art of now and on one of those episodes there was a sort of um there was this young young person who was talking about you know they they were sort of fallen in with the wrong crowd and they went into this sort of rehabilitation unit and you know they were repeat offenders small I mean they were shoplifting and they were doing and um 
this artist he became an artist so he he started drawing on soap in his oh. in his room and he started making these engravings on soap and he got more and more into it they became so detailed and um when he came out he he then he started drawing with other mediums and i think finally he he gained a scholarship to the royal drawing school and he it just it just provides this because i think you could it, you can start literally from scratch you can start with nothing and there are so many stories like that where you know someone might write a song for example or someone might you know th there's not a lot that you need but you do need to you know, someone needs to have shown you that or you need to have an example of that so you can pull it out of you, you know. Mm -hmm. that might be, uh, so yeah, so that's why, you know, the teachers or the role model is, is, is important or, you know, someone in your family. But it's, it's important you at least know it's there, you know, it's there yeah. in you yes. and, and you can, it's a balm, as you say, it's something so comforting. Yeah, yeah it really is. So for you right now, what's a project that's like lighting you up that feels exciting and fun and interesting to you now? Ooh, well, apart from being a mama, um, <laughs> definitely keeping me on my toes. It's a big one. Uh, it's very, it, it, it's exciting. I mean, I, I do, I'm really, because it was completely unexpected you know, having children, mm. in fact, we thought that we couldn't because we've been married for, for eight years, we, we you know. Um, so as we had mentioned before, it's really made me a much better person than I would have been without them. And it's exciting because I keep thinking about, they're, they're propelling me forwards, you know, they've been given me this whole sort of, you know, motivation for being here and things that I think about things so differently now. Mm. Um, and in terms of the experiences, you know, that I, you know, what can I provide? What can we do? You know, I'm loving using biros and just scribbling with my son on, you know, it's just, it's, it's, that's exciting. That's extremely exciting. And I, I, I can't wait to see what they're doing next. And, you know, um, and similarly, I'm, you know, as I mentioned, I'm starting a new job and, um, in a school that's very supportive of the arts. And that's very exciting for me too, because um, the first project I did for them was that that uh, North Peak mural um, that you mentioned in, in the bio. And, you know, having people that support you to do that, you know, it's a young and growing school. So there are all of these opportunities to do mural projects like that, to, you know, do collaborative projects, um, with other schools or other organizations. So that's very, very exciting for me. I think uh, thinking about the curriculum, thinking about uh, how we can give the best, you know, to these students, how we can give them the best art experience um, they could possibly have, you know, how, how to, what materials we can introduce. Um, so that's always exciting and, um, and then, of course, there's the new year. So I have a lot of new students coming to join uh, the drawing school. And uh, that's very exciting, too, because I, they all come from different backgrounds. They all want to learn drawing for different reasons. I mean, I'm looking forward to, get, you know, to getting to know them. And 
Yeah, so there's quite a few strands there. Yes, being a mum, being an art teacher and, um, uh, yeah, but murals, I mean, we're working on a mural right now. And uh, I love these large scale. I just, you know, the physicality of it, the, the mm -hmm. collaborative aspect of it, uh, that's, that's exciting me too. Mm -hmm. I bet, you know, I just, when I imagine a painting a mural I imagine like that the gestural element like the the hugeness and the gestures that you get to make to create that hugeness feels exciting to me oh yeah <laughs> and it's hard and it's they you know some of the students I was teaching the really young ones so this is um uh primary school so they're the year one and year two so they <laughs> <laughs> some of them were like oh because they were so excited in the beginning and then they were, you know, my arm hurts and I'm like come on push through push through you know they've got to learn that as well it's not always easy it's going right. to be difficult and it's going to be you know so I I, I love that too I, I do really love that if that sounds sort of really mean doesn't it but I I, I, <laughs> I love that they get to experience that difficult part as well um, because at the end this always happens at the end when there's the big reveal and we reveal the whole mural, there's all this, you know, wow. And, you know, it's, and I know that happens at the end, but this beginning bit where it's messy and it's difficult and it's hard and people's arms are hurting and they, someone's taken away my, you know, the, mixing my green with the wrong, you know, all of those. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's, it's, it's just, it's just glorious. It's just mm -hmm. messy and noisy and, um you know it, it, there's that part of it too there's that part of it too so um mm. character building yeah i love it yes. i love it that's right yeah, yeah. they're learning through experience you know the same yeah. way they went through sports i know nothing about sports but from what i've heard <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> Uh, you know, like there, there's stuff that we learn only by doing mm -hmm. and they get to do that with you. And that's pretty exciting to be part of that with them. It's it, it, Well, it's, you mentioned sports. I mean, when we went to school, there was this thing called the bleep test. Do you know the bleep test? No. It's sort of it's, it was this kind of, you know, you you start at one end of the hall and you run to the other end of the hall before the bleep. Oh. and so it goes beep and then at first it's really slow and it speeds up and speeds up and <laughs> basically yeah it sounds like a complete nightmare but you, it's basically the last person standing so you've got to just keep going keep going till the bleep you know and some people just you know start dropping off and then they sit down and then you know you're still and um I think you know a mural or the art, art process is like that because mm. you, you, know, you start off with all this excitement and all these grand plans and all of this you know and inevitably a lot in the middle something's going to happen so, definitely something's going to go wrong something's gonna, something <laughs> you've, just put, you've just got to push through you know yeah. and that's why I never give anyone uh rubbers or I should well erasers you know I should you know we call them rubbers rubbers yeah. um um it when drawing because I just if you make a mistake go right over it just mm. just draw over it you know because mm -hmm. there's this aspect of perfectionism which is really damaging sometimes as well you know you've just got to push through it um and quite often those things make for a much better piece of art you know drawing yeah. where you know those fine lines are there from before um, mm. they build up a much more complex and much much richer drawing than you know a really perfect one mm -hmm. um, so 
And I think that's just a great skill, like, as well from a young age to not be that perfectionist, have that perfectionist tendency. Because I think, you know, we all have different levels of it. But I think from a young age, if you're, you know, pushed to, like, go beyond that and just, you know, keep going, um, that's a life skill. <laughs> yes. Yeah. For sure, for sure. Yeah, not to, well, I suppose that's something which we could say, you know, in Japan too, you know, people are so majime, imagine me, they're so earnest, earnest. Mm. So yeah, serious. Right. Yeah. Yes, yes, that's right. Then and and not make mistakes and um and that has, you know, it's good points too. But um, on on the other the other side of it is you know when I see people so scared to make that first line, or so you know it's it's such a feathery sort of really light line you know that they, they won't just go for it and that they're so scared about making a mistake. So um, I think you know that's why I always say as well for me anyway there are lots of artists who don't teach. But for me, I'm an artist who teaches because the, they both go hand in hand because the, the, the teaching inspires my uh, practice and my personal practice because you're going through that yourself. You know, you're making a painting. It's not going right. It's not going well. You're getting you're getting frustrated and irritated about it. It makes you approach the class in a different way, too. So when mm -hmm. I see that in my students, OK, I'm with you. I totally understand where <laughs> you are. I really understand what's going on. There's this blank page or, or you've started this and you're really upset with it. I really understand. I really, really understand what you're going through. Now, let's just take it this way. Just keep going, keep going, and you're going to come out of it. And mm -hmm. the drawing is going to be amazing once you, but you've got to go through this really difficult, difficult patch um, and you've got to work through it. So uh, that's important. Yeah, as you say, very, very important skill. Mm. So thinking like about like when you're going through difficult patches, like how do you deal with any of those obstacles or things that come up that might like stand in the way of you creatively? Oh, so I, my, my philosophy is when in doubt, draw. Yes, uh, also yes. when in doubt, I mean, this is another, you know, this is where we come from, I guess, but when in doubt, have a cup of tea, you know, <laughs> sometimes it's, it's so simple. But like you say, keep it simple. It's often those simple things. Just, I think, um, creatively, I do. I get really um, angry and irritated when something is not, you know, I, I, I'm, you know, you start off with all of that and then you hit this obstacle and you hit this, you know, I, how do I? So I, I, and that's another wonderful thing about getting older is I think, um, you start to understand certain <laughs> advice. Um, and I think that one is sound. Have a cup of tea, just come away from it a bit and just learn how to give something a bit of space. It doesn't have to be done right in that moment. And I've punished myself by trying to do that in the past by just, you know, go, go, go. And you push, you can push too hard. You can push yeah. too hard. And you just, sometimes you do need to push. And I think that's important um and actually speaking of motherhood i think that works in the same way yes, you know very you, true you, labor <laughs> is 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 one amazing thing but you can you you, you know it, you have to learn when to push and when not to push and um when in doubt just stop take a breather look around you 
And I think space is very, very important. So for me, that's been one of the biggest things to learn because um, I'm quite stubborn. And uh, it, it, you know, to, to just take a step back, Divya, just mm. pour yourself a cup of tea, give it a bit of space and come back to it. You know, some people say it in a different way, you know, sleep on it and it will be different in the morning. So I think there's a lot to be said for those those nuggets of wisdom, which is, you know, time, essentially. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. There are so many. My biggest obstacle easily was was losing my father and mm. losing my father. Well, so far, I think, you know, losing my father um, just over a year ago came as such a shock. No, I'm I, sorry. I, it was such a, oh, thank you. It's just, you know, we know it's going to happen. We, mm. we know it's it's there. It's a natural part of life. And um, it's death. And, of course, we there's another thing. No one teaches you about death in school either. Or grieving. Or yeah. grieving, how how to. No. So it's it's. And again, it's just time, you know, it's just time and things will, you'll learn how to see things differently. The pain is still there, but it's, it's, you know, you, 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 so mm, time is a big thing. And when you're younger, you know, you can't give as much time to things. You, you just right. won't somehow let yourself, it's that sort of momentum of youth and the rush of, <laughs> you know, doing, you know, and everything, you know. And you need that. You do mm. need that. But um, it's one of the things I love about getting older. I'm, I'm, I'm actually quite enjoying. Oh, yes. It's the best. <laughs> it's the best. I think, you know, one of the tricks of like <laughs> of society at large, Western society at large, is this like ridiculous idea that especially for women, that getting older is some kind of terrible thing. It's the mm -hmm. opposite mm -hmm. in every way. It's mm -hmm. the best thing. Mm. And it, <laughs> it teaches us so much and it frees us, you know, in these ways that are so uh, just, I don't know, yeah, liberating, enjoyable, fun. Like, uh, I wouldn't trade it for a single, for anything. It's the best. Mm. It, 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 it just, and it just gets, I mean, um, oh, there's this wonderful artist called Maggie Hambling. Um, you may have a British artist um, and she was talking on there's a, another wonderful program called this this cultural life and she's being interviewed and she's just one of these she just tells it you know as it is you know mm -hmm. it's just you know there's no beating about the bush there's no you know and it's so funny but I think that only comes you know with with as you get older um as you learn to accept yourself, as you learn to accept that not everyone's going to like you, as you learn to accept, you know, that time, um, giving things space and time is so important. Uh, it's just going to, it's so much fun. I mean, you know, imagining myself as an old lady, I think it just, it's exciting. You know, oh. I hope I, you know, <laughs> or, you know, they're just a force, aren't they? Usually, you know, yes, yes. they're just a force for, you know, it, it, yeah, I, I'm, I'm excited about that time, I think. I'm looking oh, me too. Yeah. <laughs> what I love about them most is that they're just, you can tell when they're just tired of everyone's nonsense. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> they just want to do what they're going to do <laughs> right oh, now. Oh, <laughs> yes. Yes, 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 yes. You've just got to, you see it all the time, you know? Mm -hmm. Especially in Japan, like I think Japanese old ladies are their own category of ferocity. Oh you know? yeah, 
Oh yeah. <laughs> they're, like, <laughs> they're doing their thing and God help you if you're getting in the way. <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, there was, there was someone who was putting because my, my son Ollie was having a bit of a, a tantrum. He, he was really sleepy and uh, he couldn't put himself to sleep. So he was just irritated mm. and he was noise on the train. And there was this gentleman who, who started tutting at us. And uh, uh, all it took was one look from this, uh, <laughs> from this lady on the, you know, she just looked at him. <laughs> and just made him, you know, he just buried his head in his newspaper and he didn't really, <laughs> it, was, it was just brilliant. I, I he enough. didn't dare. He did not dare. <laughs> no, he wasn't going to cross her. He wasn't going to cross her. Uh, so that was yeah yeah very thankful oh that's wonderful (laughs) (laughs) well here's to the three of us as old ladies decades from now you know having some tea and taking our time (laughs) maybe a splash of brandy in there I I wouldn't say no (laughs) Oh, thank you so much for being with us today, yeah, Divya. It's been wonderful to get to know you better. It really has. Yes, oh, absolutely. Thank you, thank you and, for having me. Oh, our pleasure. And yeah. if anyone wanted to find you online, uh, your information will be in the show notes. But also, will you let us know where we can find you online? Yes, you can just search for my name, Divya Mari Kato, um, DiviaMariKato.com. Um, that's my website. And you can find me there. Wonderful. And when I'll just tell everybody when you go there, you'll see a lot of really beautiful examples of Divya's work, including that dragon mural or painting I mentioned that installation I mentioned, and it's just amazing and beautiful. And it's inspiring to see all that you have done and all you're doing. So thank you also for your contribution to the beautification of Japan and Tokyo. Oh, thank you. That's (laughs) very kind. That's very kind. Well, thank you for creating this podcast oh our pleasure we, our pleasure completely we have so much fun <laughs> yeah <laughs> I can I can yeah I can hear that it's, it's very exciting and you must get to talk to so many interesting people it's so amazing I, yeah I wish really you every do. success with it thanks so much Thank Divya Paige I was thinking how would you feel about and um ask me anything episode oh I'd love that that sounds fantastic yeah because I reckon you know well you're a wonderful coach um so I reckon people must have questions for you after listening to our our lovely episodes so far yeah I would love to have people ask anything they're wondering about like whether it's um a question about their own creative situation or a question for us uh personally or uh, anything they might want to tell us like feedback or anything else where do you think they should do that um if anyone does have any questions i think they can leave us the questions in the review box um so if you go down to the bottom of your app you'll find a review box you can leave the question there and we'll be able to read it and include it in the episode perfect yes or they could also dm us on uh, instagram at the creativity cafe 21 and uh, send us anything that you want there questions feedback just say hi anything you like yeah and we can shout out people as well if you want to just say hi we'll say hi back to you on the episode yeah that sounds perfect we'd love to connect with our community yes we'd love it so say hello and send us any questions you've got
Thanks for joining us today on the Creativity Cafe. If you enjoyed today's episode, please leave us a review and share it with your friends. And follow us on Instagram at the Creativity Cafe 21 for special updates and sneak peeks behind the scenes. Catch you again next time. Keep creating. Thank you.